going back to the Fed talk, Jim. No crypto today, unless you weave it in. That's your call. But tell me here, I mean, are we looking at a Fed that's finally turning hawkish? A little bit. We are looking at a Fed that is definitely, look, the, the dot chart, I know Paul says it doesn't matter, but the market thinks it does, said no rate hikes for 2023 last meeting. Now it's got two rate hikes in 2023. Now, before you go, well, that's 2023, we're in 2021. This is how it starts. And then we'll see what the next several meetings bring, whether or not they creep it closer and closer. The big question is what's causing that? Is it because they think employment is going to boom and they're going to make substantial progress on their um, targets of getting people back to work? Or is inflation a problem and it isn't as transitory as they think it's been? Right now, if I had to guess, I think the market's a little bit more worried about the inflation not being transitory than they are about employment booming. So, Jim, uh, this is pretty interesting because some of the language here just seems uncharacteristic relative to what we've come to know from Jay Powell, right? I mean, talking about inflation potentially being longer lasting, uh, you know, not hearing a lot of the T word transitory today. They start off the statement by focusing on the vaccination rate. I mean, some of this is like, it seems like it would be common sense. I've been looking around, watching people get vaccinated, seeing everything come back. And we've been looking at the data. Is there a possibility here that maybe uh, Jay Powell is thinking they, they wait a little too long to start communicating these things? Oh, no, there's definitely that. Because I think at the beginning of the press conference, when the bond market sold off its worst, he was he was very uncharacteristically unsure about himself. Well, it could be that, you know, they can't get affordable daycare because the kids are at home, maybe in the fall when they go back to work and unemployment or the employment rates are going to pick back up. Talking about why the employment numbers have been so weak the last few months is like, Jay, you're the chairman of the Federal Reserve. I mean, I can make up stuff like that any day if you want me to, to tell you why the employment reports. But you're setting policy and you seem to be so unsure about why it's happening. And then when you turn to inflation he did say it will be transitory, but if it's not transitory, we're going to react to it. Wait a minute, you've never said that before, you know, giving us that hedge that yeah. if it's not transitory, and now you're starting to give us that transitory. So it came away as a little bit of fumbling and stumbling to try and give answers to what should have been very stock questions that he should have had answers almost written down that he could recite from. Jim, what about the language that dots are not a great forecaster of future rate moves? I mean, obviously, Powell is kind of playing a little good cop, bad cop here, trying to soften the blow that hit uh, when the uh, minutes came out um, uh, or when the decision came out. But at the end of the day, I mean, things can change. So in that sense, look, a dot. Uh, you know, in 2023, a lot can happen between now and then for sure. But when he says that they're not predicting the future, that doesn't mean that if things go according to the way they think, they're just going to ignore them, right? I mean, isn't it, is this a real statement? Is this a throwaway, like, uh, uh, branch to the doves? Yeah, I think it's more of a <coughs> throwaway statement. reason I say that is, yeah, we know that the dots said zero rate hikes in 23 last meeting, two in this meeting, and that's not set in stone. We, we know that it, they shouldn't be taken literally, but they should be taken seriously, to use a phrase from another place. And that is, you were at no rate hikes, and now you're at some rate hikes. You're moving the rate hikes closer. You're not keeping them off in the future. You're not pushing them further into the future. You've moved them closer. That's the message from the dots. 
So I know Jay's trying to be literal that we probably, you know, would be surprising that if in two years that actually turns out to be the case, that we raise rates only two times in 2023. Yeah, I get that. But the trend of what you're doing with them by moving those rate hikes forward, that's what the market, I think, is more paying attention to. Mm. All right. So the bond move, uh, have we put in a local high uh, or sorry, a local low for yields, uh, uh, Jim, after we started pushing into the uh, 1.4 area? I mean, we got real low 1.5 and then dipped below it for a moment there. Is that as low as we're going to go in this reversal from yield? <clears throat> I think so. You know, back in mid-May, we bottomed out at 146, 1.46 on the 10-year. And last week, we bottomed out at 1.43 on the 10-year. And now we're back into the mid-150s on the 10-year. So it looks like that mid-140s range is going to provide significant, you know, if I'm looking at the yield chart, support on the yield chart uh, as we go forth from here. And it's going to take something... I think a change of attitude or a change in the environment in order to get people to start thinking that 125 would be the next move. That would be a significant slowdown in the economy or real evidence that inflation is really going away and not, not just talk about it, uh, transitory. So yeah, I think that that was pretty much it for the local law. Maybe we sneak out one or two basis points lower, but uh, that would surprise me anything more than that without a significant change in the uh, narrative. Jim, what about the downside in, in markets? I mean, they're fighting right now. Bulls are trying to make a stand. And clearly there's some good things happening here for the economy or else we wouldn't be having this whole hawkish conversation. But as I described at the top of the show, I mean, it just seems hard <coughs> to see a future where liquidity does not slowly kind of come out, at least from the Fed and all the actions they've been doing. So could this be part of the beginning of a, a downside trend in equities and risk assets? You know, I think really what you have to remember about with, with <coughs> equities and risk assets is the stock market's net an all-time high, uh, or at least it has been in the last few days. And earnings are booming, but you're paying near record valuations. Forward PEs are in the mid-20s. So they're not cheap. And credit spreads are at all-time tights. So you've got an economy with good momentum, and you're paying up big for that good momentum. Anything that comes in the way of that, like higher interest rates or sucking liquidity out of the market or even the talk of it, is going to be upsetting because you've paid up for big, for big valuation numbers. You kind of need everything to go right. Now, Today's announcement is not enough to say that's it, the stock market's over. But I've thought that in this period right now, the center of the universe is the bond market. And if you watch the bond market, as long as it stays under 170 and well under 170, which is where it is now, stocks will be OK. But if this is the start of a move back towards the high of the range in the 170s, I think you'll see, like you saw in March, the stock market kind of get a little wobbly when you get up there because it's got no room for error. It's almost priced for perfection at this mm. point. And anybody talking about removing liquidity or raising the cost of capital, it's not going to be taken well by the market. Okay, so you're taking more of the elevation of yield approach uh, than uh, this kind of short-term rate of change. Last one, Jim, one little crypto tidbit before we let you go. What are we learning today about these inflation hedges, gold's down, Bitcoin's down. What's going to work uh, if the Fed is right and uh, they're going to have to start moving to kind of get a hold of potential inflation? 
I, I think at this point, if you're looking for an inflation hedge, you've got to go directly to commodities that actually people consume and use mm. and not the store of value. So if you're thinking inflation, I, I would be looking more at industrials. I would be looking more at buying the CRB index or buying you know, the, the Deutsche Bank uh, commodity ETF or something like that, because we're at the point now where it's real and it matters if we have inflation. Whereas, you know, looking at the store of value, I think those are usually good for the perceptions of what's coming next. So I'm not surprised cryptos are struggling a little bit with the inflation story, as is gold is struggling with the inflation story right now.